Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. At the end of every year, I start praying and asking God for a word, a theme, or a scripture for me personally, for my family, and for our church for the upcoming year. As I was praying and seeking God for 2020, the word God gave me for our church is the word surrounded. The word surrounded. And so I'm going to attempt to unpack that word for us today, and I hope that it will be an encouragement to you. And so we're going to be looking at a story in 2 Kings chapter 6 today as our main text, and uh, we're going to pick up uh, in verse number 8, and it'll be up on the screen for you to read along. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. Verse 11, this enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Let me pause right here. Do you see what's going on here? The king of Aram was currently at war with Israel. He was sending troops to raid and ransack Israel town, Israelite towns. As he was strategizing with his military officials on how to attack, Israel was always one step ahead. If he, if he decided to attack him at such and such place, when he got there, Israel was nowhere to be found. This was happening so often that the king thought that he had a traitor among one of his officers. He thought he had a Judas, a Benedict Arnold, among one of his officers. Finally, one of his officers spoke up and said, it's not any of us that's the traitor here. There is a prophet named Elisha in Israel that's telling the king everything you speak in your bedroom, and that is how they know what is going on. So let's continue reading. We're in verse 13 now. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dotan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded, can everybody say surrounded? Surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Verse 16, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. Verse 20. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked, and there they were inside Samaria. 
When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Verse 22, do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. Father, I pray that you would open up this great, great story to us prophetically. Help us to see what you want us to see in Jesus' name. Amen. My first point that I want to pull out from this text is this. We are surrounded by an enemy. We are surrounded by an enemy. The text tells us that the king of Aram dispatched a strong military force by night and they surrounded the city. Any of you felt surrounded by the enemy in 2019? Any of you felt like you couldn't wait for 2019 to be over so that you could start fresh and new in 2020? Any of you felt this way? Any of you feel surrounded by anxiety and depression that has attacked you? Any of you feel surrounded by disappointments because things you were hopeful for didn't go the way you had thought they were going to go? And you're sitting here today and you feel surrounded. You feel surrounded by disappointments. You feel surrounded by anxiety and stress and depression. You you feel surrounded by hopelessness because things just didn't turn out the way you thought they were going to turn out. Elisha and his servant were surrounded by an army of people who were there for the sole purpose of capturing them. Being a prophetic voice in your generation will attract the enemy because you are speaking out against evil philosophies and ideologies of the day. As long as Elisha was free, the king of Aram felt like he couldn't successfully attack Israel. This is why folks who stand for truth and speak truth to our culture get attacked so viciously because the enemy knows as long as prophetic people are speaking the truth and love to culture, his plans won't be able to be carried out to the full capacity. Amen. As long as you are speaking prophetically truth to the culture, truth to your sphere of influence, the enemy will not be able to uh, fulfill the attack to the full capacity in which he wants to uh, employ his attack. As long as this church continues to preach the truth and to stand in a prophetic place in this neighborhood, the enemy will not be able to uh, assault and attack this neighborhood in, in the way that he wants to do it. Amen? That is why it is so important that we as individuals and we as a church, we stand for truth and speak truth into the culture. We confront culture where culture needs to be confronted. Amen? So what does this tell us? That even when we're following God, we're going to get attacked. And I would say, especially if we're following God, we are going to get attacked. And obviously, we are not an actual army fighting in combat like some of our soldiers are around the world. But we are definitely in a spiritual war against our demonic enemies. An enemy that wants to kill us. An enemy that wants to steal from us. An enemy that wants to destroy our vision and our purpose and and, and our relationship with God. Let's look at what Paul says about our spiritual war in 
the letter to the Ephesian church. He says this, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Verse 12, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. Did you hear that? Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. It is not with your Facebook friends. It is not with your Instagram followers. It is not with human beings but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious." Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, and that is in the Passion Translation. You need to know that there is an unseen spiritual world that is very real. And this spiritual world affects our natural world. Okay? We are in the midst of a very real spiritual battle between good and evil. And it is not an angel on your left shoulder and a demon carrying a pitchfork on your right shoulder. It is very very real. Some of you are going through some very real demonic attacks in your life right now. The enemy is attacking your mind with all kinds of crazy thoughts and temptations. The enemy is whispering all sorts of lies to you that are keeping you imprisoned to your own thoughts. When you see what's happening in our neighborhoods, our cities, our nation, and around the world, it is undeniable that evil does not exist. It absolutely exists. I think I said that wrong. It's undeniable that evil exists. It is absolutely, when you look around, when you watch the news, when you see what is happening, when you see the brokenness around us, you can see that evil is real and it is surrounding us. It's important for you to understand that whether you like it or not, you are in the middle of a raging spiritual battle. And if you're a Christian, you have a target on your back because you are living by the Spirit in a counter-cultural way. You are not going with the flow of the world's systems and ideologies because you are not a citizen of this world. You, my friend, are a citizen of heaven. And because of that, there is a big, fat target on your back. You don't think what's happening in Iran has spiritual implications? You think that's all just a natural thing that's happening? I I believe with all of my heart that that what's happening in Iran is a reflection of what what is happening in the spirit. Is it a coincidence that the fastest growing growing church in the world is in Iran right now? Is it a coincidence? I don't think it's a coincidence that, that, that Muslim people are having dreams and visions of Jesus and they're coming to Jesus and there, there's an there's a underground church being developed in Iran just like an underground church was developed in China years ago and, and they don't have buildings. They, they're not, they don't have tons of money. 
All they have are people that are encountering and experiencing Jesus Christ. And so if you think this turmoil and all of the things that are happening is just a coincidence, you need to get your head out of the sand because there is a spiritual battle that's raging and we can feel and see the effects in our natural world. The truth is that we are surrounded by an evil enemy. However, we are surrounded by God's presence, protection, and provision. We might be surrounded by evil, but if we're a believer, we are surrounded by God's presence, protection, and provision. As the enemy surrounded Dotan, Elisha's servant the next morning saw the horses and the chariots surrounding the city, and fear naturally gripped his heart. He knew that they were there for his master. So he runs back and he tells Elisha that they are doomed, that there, that there is an army surrounding the city and they're coming in to attack. And, and, and he, he's probably telling Elisha, we need to run. We need to have some sort of, of exit strategy. What are we going to do? And so he runs and tells Elisha. But Elisha has a peculiar response. In fact, he isn't worried at all or intimidated by what's happening around him. In fact, in verse 16, he says to the servant, do not be afraid. Those who are with us are greater than those who are with them. And his servant is probably looking around thinking to himself, Elisha, have you gone mad? Are you crazy? It is us too right here against this entire military force. Do you see what I'm seeing? We are surrounded and you're saying those who are with us are greater than those who are against us? What are you talking about, Elisha? Have you gone crazy mad? Let me tell you something, church. If you are serving God wholeheartedly, I want you to know that God's presence is constantly surrounding you. The Spirit of God is inside of you. Psalm 46 tells us that He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble, meaning He is always there. He's not just there during the good times. He is also there and especially there during your times of trouble. David said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. David said, I can't go anywhere that your presence is not already there. God is omnipresent, meaning he has the ability to be everywhere all at once because he is not bound to time or space. That means no matter how intimidating or difficult your current circumstances are, God's presence, provision, and protection surrounds you. Church, you can be encouraged today because of that truth. Elisha was in tune with the spiritual realm and could see God's angel army surrounding him, but the servant could not, meaning the servant's eyes had to be open to the things of the Spirit. Your eyes have to be open to the things of the Spirit because we naturally cannot uh, we cannot understand spiritual things. So the Spirit of God has to open our eyes. to the, That's why fasting is so important because God starts to put a magnifying glass on the things He wants us to see. He enlarges things that He wants us to see. Amen? Let's look at uh, the story and read again what happened. Uh, I'm reading verse number 17 in the voice translation this time, and it says this, O Eternal One, 
I ask you to allow my servant to see heavenly realities. The eternal awakened Elisha's servant so that he could see. This is what he saw. The mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. Can, can we say surrounding? Surrounding Elisha. I believe that as some of us are fasting, praying, and putting God first this year, your eyes will begin to be open to what God is doing in your life. Your eyes, God is going to start to put a magnifying glass in front of your eyes so that you can see clearly what it is that God is doing in your life. Because some of you can only see the enemy right now. When you look, some of you can only see what's coming against you right now. Some of you can only see your negative circumstances right now. Some of you can only see the struggle that you're engaged in right now. And as you continue to fast, pray, put God first, God is going to start giving you His perspective. Amen? Breakthrough is coming for you, church, this year. Fresh vision is coming to you this year. Clarity and direction is coming to you this year. Do you receive that, church? I want to pray Paul's prayer found in Ephesians 1.18 over you right now. So can we all just quickly close our eyes? And I am done preaching, but I want to pray over you right now. Ephesians 1.18. Open the eyes of their hearts, Lord, and let the light of your truth flood in, Jesus. Shine your light on the hope you are calling them to embrace. Reveal to them the glorious riches you are preparing as their inheritance. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We may be surrounded by an enemy, but those who are with us are greater than those who are against us. Amen? You receive that, church? As we go back to the text, we see in verses 18 through 23 that Elisha prayed that the enemy would be struck with blindness, and that is exactly what happened. He then leads all of these blind soldiers right to the doorstep of the king of Israel, in Samaria. He takes them from his doorstep to the king's doorstep. Isn't it interesting that by this point in the narrative, the enemy army was now surrounded by the Israelite army. You see where I'm going with this? You see, uh, first Elisha and the servant were surrounded by the enemy. Then Elisha and his servant were surrounded by God's provision, protection, and presence. Now the enemy army was surrounded by Israel's army. You thought the army attacking you got the best of you, church, in 2019. You thought the army was going to wipe you out. You thought the attack against your mind, against your family, against your health, against your finances, you thought that was the last word. But I want to tell you something, church. That is not the last word. God is surrounding you. And not only is he surrounding you, God's army is surrounding the army that's attacking you. Be encouraged, church. And the, and the king of Israel is like, what should I do? Should I kill them? They're all right here. We've surrounded them. They're blind. What, what should I do, Elisha? Should I just kill them all right here and right now? And Elisha said, no, feed them. Give them water and let them go back to their master. Huh? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. 
The enemy is vulnerable and blind right now. It's time for the kill. They've been oppressing us. They've been raiding our towns and pillaging our, our villages. They, they've been stealing from us. They're vulnerable right now, and now's the time to kill. But Elisha said, no. Feed them, give them water, and send them back to their master. Wow. And I want to close with this today, and if I could have the worship team come up. There are certain strategies that the Lord is going to employ this year through your lives that seem unconventional. Listen to this. But they're going to work because they are from the Lord. I feel in my spirit that there are going to be some decisions that you need to make. And when you pray about it, the answer is going to seem completely unconventional. But if you obey that voice by faith, Good things are going to happen for you. Amen? Elisha told the king to do something unconventional. He had all of the enemy surrounding him, completely vulnerable. They couldn't see. They could kill him right there. But God, speaking through the prophet, said, No, I want you to feed them. I want you to give them water, and I want you to send them back to their master. As we listen to the voice of the Spirit, and we do those things that are unconventional, but we know that we're being spirit-led. I believe that the plans of the enemy will be thwarted. I believe that darkness will be exposed. I believe that there may even be unconventional financial decision that decisions that you feel the Lord is asking you to take. That if you will listen to, to God, they will bring financial prosperity to your life. I truly believe it. So that you can be a kingdom builder. So that you can be generous. You may solve a huge problem for your company because you listened to the voice of God and you did something unconventional. Maybe you do something that's totally unconventional. Everybody's looking at you like, that's going to bomb. That's going to fail. And because you listen to God, you save your company millions of dollars. You save your company a ton of layoffs. You save your company a bunch of heartache. Maybe some of you, God is going to ask you to do something unconventional here at this church. And because of what you did, it's going to make a huge impact for this church. I don't know what it is, but you need to listen to the voice of God this year. Because there's going to be some things happening all throughout the year where you're like, man, I don't know if this makes total sense, but I'm really feeling God is asking me to do it. Obey in faith, and when you obey in faith, God's going to come through. Amen? This scene reminds me of that verse in Psalm 23, and I didn't even realize it, but it's also in the song, uh, This is How I Fight My Battles as well. This whole scene reminds me of that verse in Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The king said, do you want me to kill the enemy? He said, no, I want you to prepare a table before them. Right in the presence of your enemies, I want you to prepare a table. And I want you to feed them. And I want you to give them water. And I want you to take care of them. And I want you to send them back. Because you're not going to defeat them in your strength. I'm going to defeat them. It's not by your strength or power, but it is by the Spirit, says the Lord. The reason that Elisha told the king to feed them and send them back is because they already had the victory. So they didn't have to kill them. They could feed them because they already had the victory. So God said, you don't worry about killing them. 
I'll take care of the enemy army. I just want you to listen to my voice. There was nothing to fear. This enemy no longer posed a threat to the Israelites. Some of us are living in a way in which the enemy already has victory over us when the truth of the matter is we already have victory. We're just not living it out and walking it out. We already have victory, as Pastor Priscilla said, because of the blood that was shed on the cross. Because of Jesus, we already have the victory. We just need to receive it and walk in it in confidence. Amen? As you begin to understand and believe this revelation of being surrounded, your enemy will no longer pose a threat that will wipe you out. Your enemy will no longer be able to intimidate you. Sure, you'll have difficult times. Sure, you'll have struggles. Sure, you'll fall into sin because we still live in this world. But you understand that when you fall into sin, if you repent and ask for forgiveness, grace will surround you. You understand that even if you're attacked in this world, that this world is not all there is. There's more. And so you understand that the threat against you will not wipe you out. When you know you're surrounded, you understand that you will be able to overcome anything that comes your way. Amen.